Inside Westminster, chapter 217, Autarkic Rhetoric. What does that Priscilla woman think she's doing, roared Mrs Tractor, First Minister of Northern Ireland, down the phone to Bramwell Curtis, the Northern Ireland Secretary of State. Under normal circumstances, Curtis, who couldn't stand either the bombastic Mrs T or her blonde number two, would have feigned busyness and handed the phone to one of his deputies to deal with, but in this instance he took the call himself. Look, calm down. I'm sure they're just rattling sabres, he said, imperiously adding, if they continue on their chosen path, they'll be all hell to pay. Mrs Tractor, whose normal voice was loud, continued bellowing. It'll lead to a demand for a reunification referendum following the lead of that monkfish woman. And we are loyal subjects to the Queen, I'll have you know. Yes, yes, retorted Curtis, more than a little miffed at the jump from EU threats to calls or non-calls for independence. He spent half an hour placating that damned woman, after which he simply said to his chief adviser, fucking fringes, who wants them anyway? Good job that the loyal Mrs. Royal Mrs T wasn't eavesdropping. Meanwhile, dearest Priscilla van der Leer, glamorous EU Commission president, had been having a bad day. Not a bad hair day, since she always managed to get her hair professionally quaffed daily in the hairdressers at the Berlaymont building, as she had managed to really upset the apple cart. The only way out of the lack of vaccine mess was to accuse the UK of below-the-belt activities. Things really went tits up when someone started to shout about invoking Article 16, the laws that protected the Northern Irish Protocol, and thus the soft border between the North and the Republic of Ireland, within a month of its creation, which had been instigated at the EU's insistence as a means to protect our Celtic fringes, supposedly from the wilds of GB. How ironic. Who said that? Vandelaire stormed as she realised heated conversations had somehow been reported verbatim in the press, literally as the words had left the culprit's lips. In record time, late on Friday night, both a retraction and an apology were issued from the EU Commission. Tails between their legs, they were all grovelling apologists, but not we, Maron, who was determined to give the UK a good kicking while they were down, and he, like all weak cowards, felt tall with the self-satisfaction of the righteous. However, once the storm in a teacup was over and the PM had castigated his French counterpart for his autarkic rhetoric, yes, what's that? It had become one of Potty's favourite phrases since he had used, since he had first used it on the, that, the fateful night a year and a day ago exactly when the message of a new Corona Various had been reported to him via Tony Hancock who'd been told via his special adviser, who in turn had been woken up in the middle of the night with the news from Wuhan. Oh, it's all autarkic rhetoric, Potty had said blithely, purposefully mispronouncing the generic name of the virus, adding, and it won't spoil our rightful and joyous celebrations at being set free from the fetters of the EU, 
which will allow us to wondrously prosper mightily. Famous last words, literally, as this sort of head-in-the-sand, naive optimism, coupled with Potty's aversion to take anything too seriously unless he was forced to, which inevitably and consequentially had led to insane risk-taking, not with his own life, though over the years his own life had indeed been imperiled by his wantonness, but with our lives, every single one in this great nation. These personality quirks would directly lead to a year which the nation collectively and individually wish desperately to forget and which was characterised by procrastination and U-turns, the like of which would have had the famous, the PM's famous blue-suited predecessor spinning in her grave. The gentleman, is for, the gentleman is for turning and turning and turning might be a reasonable epitaph for a hapless leader. But never mind, Mandy Swinton Eagle, the PM's fiancée, was as happy as a skylark. Again, she was becoming a woman of influence and clout and was teaming up with people she'd always dreamed of meeting. People like the tall, suave and rich Donal Aspel and his wife Fleur Fishwick, Fleury to family and friends like the couple's favourite wine, who'd both responded to Mandy's call to arms to save wildlife, like some Mother Teresa of the animal kingdom. Dear old Somerset, the PM's knight-errant father, had also joined in the flora and fauna fun for being nominated to act as a roving ambassador to the Conservative Environment Network. Great. Right up his alley. Roving. Yes, as far and wide as possible. And at public expense. Mandy was already looking forward to post-lockdown when she would hope to be invited to, the, to Donal and Fleury's castle with surrounding countless hundreds of acres. Life was moving nicely in the right direction for her and she was glad that she now had work to get her teeth into and she was raring to go. Oh yes, dear listener, our Mandy mysteriously and fortuitously Oh yes, dear listener, our Mandy had mysteriously and fortuitously been headhunted to join this green and pleasant network by one of its architects who had mysteriously and shamelessly re relocated to Dubai. Air miles seemed not to count anymore, neither being united in the face of an epic crisis. No, this lord was happy to face down criticism of his staying put in the sun and working from home in the ultimate sunshine bolt hole of those who have more money than they know what to do with and an inverse amount of shame. <laughs> <laughs>